Why is it going that way? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, uh Why are we reversed? Why? There. Man. (laughs) How's it going there? I had the camera reversed. Um... Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Good afternoon, boys and girls. Good afternoon, moms and dads, children of all ages. Welcome to Living on a Thin Line with a Tony Visick. I am Tony Visick. We come to you uh, six days a week at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, and we are your uh, daily distraction for all the anger, anxiety, weirdness, and hoopla in the world today. For the uninitiated, for those of you, those of you, of you that are new, to our little soiree. Let me explain to you how you find us and what we do. Uh, you can always find us on ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com. That is our flagship internet broadcast system. ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com. Uh, you can watch us on YouTube, on uh, Comedy Schools YouTube, and of course you can watch us right here on Facebook Live, uh, right on Tony Visick's personal page. I think you can set uh, notifications to be notified when we're popping up, today is one of those days. Sunday afternoon. Such a lazy Sunday for me. I uh, forgot that um, I was going to watch the Rams today, but uh, Mildred Pierce was on TV. So um, how do you know you're getting old? You think, well, I'm going to watch the Rams. They go, oh, look, Mildred Pierce. So uh, Mildred Pierce was written by James M. Kane, the same guy who wrote Postman Always Rings Twice. So uh, it's a manly, it's manly even though it stores uh, Joan Crawford. So uh, then I went to the Stowe. That's right, the Stowe. We had to go to the Stowe. And um, here's the only funny thing that happened. It's the only funny thing. Um, I'm getting out of my Jeep. I got a uh, Jeep Cherokee, a black Jeep Cherokee. I have a handicap sticker because I've had back issues. So uh, I was joking around with Shirley. I go, wouldn't it be cool to get out of the car and then just do a total like backflip? Wahoo, go, I'm getting better, I'm healed. But uh, she said, you better not. So um, we get out of the car. We go to the store. We only had to buy a few items. So we only spent $120 instead of the normal $400. Getting back in the car from the stout. Carrying our goods, our sundries. Back to the vehicle. Now open up the, uh, pop the hatch on the back of the SUV. And I forgot that in the back I had two yard signs. I had a vote Democrat yard sign, and I had a Biden-Harris yard sign. The Biden-Harris yard sign, by the way, still had the metal attached to the back so that it's attached to the metal. So you can put it in your, your, uh, stick it in your yard. You can stick it wherever you want, personally. I don't care. Uh, or, um, or um, uh, and the vote Democrat sign had nothing like that, just one that you would hold. Both of them, by, you know, about yay. You know what I mean? Like, you know, right there, right there. So I realized, hold on, I got I to gotta, I gotta situate my chair here. Uh, I realized that uh, I got to move those in order to put our goods or sundries um, in the back of the SUV. And as I'm getting them out to move them to the back seat, I hear a voice behind me go, I hope you're wrong. And that's about how the voice sounded. I hope you're wrong. And uh, I kind of whip around my neck, not so fast as to get myself whiplash. And uh, walking away is a uh, tall, old, and I can say that because I'm old, old white dude, uh, ball-headed, you know, kind of doing the, the shuffle, doing the shuffle. And I said, yeah, yeah, I go riding with Biden. 
And then he said something back. Then I said something back. He kept going. And I kept, you know. But I mean, I don't know why this guy, I hope you're wrong. He goes, keep riding with Biden. He goes, oh, you're stupid. Goes, Shut up, you old creep. I think he had to go in. I think uh, his catheter was calling his name. So he had to get to the store before I, uh, he uh, had some sort of uh, colostomy issue. So uh, catheters and colostomies are actually two different uh, devices. Uh, one is a conduit and one is a receptacle. So, but I look at you like, what makes the guy, yeah, I'm at a grocery store. I'm just moving a sign. I'm not waving at people's faces like, anything like that. I will tell you this. Uh, I've spent the last several Saturday mornings um, out on the corner of um, State Highway 347, which leads right into Maricopa and becomes John Wayne Parkway uh, from 8 to 10 with uh, a lot of my good friends from, I have a cat crawling up my leg. If at any moment I scream, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if any moment while I'm doing this podcast, I go, ah! it's because I have a cat who was crawling up my leg, who then now has uh, walked away, sulked away because he didn't get up here right away. Um, spending my Saturday mornings for two hours with a wonderful group of people with a group called the Copa City Dems, which includes many uh, great members of the NAACP and various other liberal, progressive, wonderful, altruistic organizations. And we just stand out there, you know, waving signs at people, you know. And on the other side are the, uh, the, uh, the Trump folk. Trump folk. We're over there waving our signs. And the other side, Trump folk. Now, we didn't have a lot of issues. We didn't. We had one weird, like, uh, queefanon. I don't know what Q stands for. Uh, uh, quackanon. A uh, guy come walking through one time, just kind of walking through with signs attached to a hat on top of his head. So, you know, well, I don't know if this guy's political or um, three bricks shy of a load. And then we did have one guy who uh, was over there uh, wearing a Trump wife beater and uh, trying to engage people uh, and, you know, just constantly kind of in a harassing way. But um, I saved the day. Because I have something that no one else had that day. A bullhorn. That's right. They gave me a bullhorn. So as the guy was up, people go, 47 years, haven't done anything. 47 I just stood right there. I go, I go, I go, we're not over there. We're not over, we haven't said anybody ever taught you guys. 47 years ago. We haven't said so then I just stood next right next to him. <laughs> Rewriting. An old James Brown uh, line. And I kept going, say it loud. I'm Democrat and I'm proud. Uh-huh. Say it loud. I'm de-. through a bullhorn next to the guy. Okay, not directly at his face. I'm blasting, but close enough that it's loud enough until uh, he finally um, uh, decided that it was uh, probably uh, wiser of him to go back across the street with the other uh, Trump people. That's the only sort of serious engagement I had. I do know that uh, several members of our uh, group uh, decided to work like a, an opposing corner. We were working in corners. Decided to work in an opposing corner, and uh, uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna call the man's name out. I don't want to call anything like that. Wonderful man, though. Great guy. Okay, kind of guy. You go well. Man, I wish I was as good a guy as this guy because he's a good guy. Um, and uh, happens to be uh, African American, and. Um, and a man of uh, great respect in our community. And the things that were yelled at that guy, uh, 
you know, here's the thing. As a comic, as a comedian, as somebody who works in the entertainment business, even at the very low, you know, at the, at the very local level that I do, you know, at this point in my life for, for quite some time, I feel that um, uh, the province of language is totally mine to traipse through unfettered and unbound. Keep it in mind that I have one job and one job alone when I'm doing that, and it is to make people laugh. So I'm not too big on stopping people from saying things. But I don't yell out of my car vile invectives about people's character, gender, race, uh, sexual proclivities, or anything, none of which could be applied, but were, uh, 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 were, could be applied, but were implied or inferred by the language that was yelled at this wonderful guy. And we had those occasional people that drove by. I get it. People are like that or boo or you know, people give the people a finger. But um, this election has brought out a lot of things in people. It's brought out a lot of things in people. Having this uh, gentleman who currently occupies 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue be the occupant of said address and engaging in the... Uh, uh, the, ac the activities, the action, the legislation, the uh, language, the demeanor, uh, the comportment that he has uh, uh, shown or engaged in uh, is going to be a tough comeback. We're a long way from Emily Post. We're a long way from you don't wear white after Labor Day. And, he, and he, it, at these particular dinners, you wear gloves, you know, uh, how you use your... Uh, how, how, where, how you use your fork, how you use your spoon, whether they're placed properly on a table setting. We're a long way from that right now. And it's going to be a long way back to, um, I'm not suggesting we go back to those uh, stringent and, uh, uh, my nose itches, uh, those, those stringent days, those uh, almost uh, emotionally suffocating days. But uh, we got to head back that way a little bit. That's for sure after some of the things that I have seen exhibited uh, in the last four years. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. What do I want to talk to you about today? I got fun stuff here. I got fun stuff. This, uh, uh, let's see. Uh, this show is built around three things, by the way. I said what we were on. Uh, it's built around your questions and comments. Your questions and comments uh, left on the aforementioned social media sites. And uh, we attempt to answer them. Oftentimes, some knickknack or uh, oddity or periodical or autograph or curiosity, curio that we have laying about here in the home office that we uh, share with you visually and attempt to weave a story around. And we recommend one artist and one piece of music off of our vast vinyl album and CD collection. Now, we used to recommend two, but we're trying to go a little deeper into paint right now with the, uh, uh, the artists that we recommend. And the thing we're doing different for you, and you want to check this at the end of the show, you want to go back to my page, my personal page, Tony Visick, V-I-C-I-C-H, uh, and check is that we, uh, we leave a download of one of the songs from one of the albums or CDs that we recommend. And I got some cool stuff for you today. I'm going to break precedent today and most likely recommend a song that is not on the album I'm about to share with you. But the album that I'm going to share with you, and you want to stick around for this, because it's kind of cool, comes from a genre of music, not you know so far afield. I'm not talking about atonal. I'm not talking about Philip Glass. I'm not talking about Einstein on the beach. But from a, uh, a genre of music 
that um, um, it's not that, you know, it, it's really not thought of anymore, but it was an important part of American, English, Western, pop, rock and roll music at a certain period of time, all right? But did not have all the flash, boom, bang, pow of uh, so many other, uh, you know, uh, when rock and roll became rock or acid rock, folk rock, you know, uh, uh, rap, gangster rap, uh, metal, death metal, heavy metal. You know, you think about all the uh, titles ascribed to certain sounds created by individuals or groups during certain eras. The one we're going to talk about today is not Bob Rocky, Britney Spears. <laughs> Remember what I told you that at any time in the podcast, I may yell because a cat will grow, crawl up my uh, leg. Here is that cat. Look at him. Well, if you'll just hold still. And by the way, the music we're going to talk about is not Britney Spears, Bob Rocky. Okay. Although I could talk about Britney. Uh, man, now this cat's all tied up in my wires. <laughs> not Britney Spears. This cat likes me. Not Britney Spears. Okay. And uh, Liz uh, Frigis, you're right. An eclectic collection of curios. We do have that. Um, today, it's going to be a periodical when we get to that portion of the show. But we get to the music. It won't be Britney Spears, but it's a pretty cool era. Uh, a short-lived era, but an era nonetheless that uh, we will share with you, okay? Uh, and also, we got this cat who seems now perfectly comfortable in my, uh, in my arms. So uh, this is, if you don't know, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, if you can see him, it's kind of hard to see. I have on a dark shirt, and he's, uh, he's a dark-colored little guy. This is Ray the Wonder Cat. This is the cat that my um, lovely and wonderful wife uh, discovered uh, pulling himself out of a dumpster and that's why Bob Rocky should be so, so, uh, feel so in concert, uh, feel so soul-connected to this particular album, uh, uh, Animal, because uh, he was uh, uh, left in a dumpster. Um, Bob was never left in a dumpster, but sure has put himself in the dumpster uh, on occasion. Um, there you go, Bob. That's what you get for your little Britney Spears comment. Um, and uh, not even a day old, and uh, uh, Shirley uh, uh, fished him out. Swooped him out and brought him home. And now he's uh, quite healthy and a little spurled. I'm going to say he's a little spurled. And he thinks that even if I'm trying to entertain people via three social media platforms with important news, like old men yelling stuff at me in parking lots because I had a Biden-Harris sign, or talking about comic books or rock and roll, that he should be able to uh, circumvent that and uh, uh, be part of the program. I'm going to ask that our producer come and get him right now although I'm perfectly happy to hold him, but, and he's getting ready to fall asleep too. He's tired because uh, it's difficult for me to do what I got to do next uh, with a little kitten in my hands, but he certainly is a cool guy. Okay, let's get to the stuff, shall we? Uh, what are we going to talk about today? Uh, Stuff-wise, I got to move a couple things here in order to get to... Uh, we're just going to show you. I'm going to show... Pop Rocky... Liz Frisch said, a cat for the win. And then Bob, and thank God my grandson isn't here today because I don't want money. Uh, love pussy out of the dumpster. <laughs> By the way, you'll be able to see Bob Rocky November 15th at jpscomedyclub.com uh, where they have shows uh, every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and sometimes Sunday and where I teach uh, comedy uh, workshops. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, jpscomedyclub.com. Uh, November 15th, which is a Sunday special event 
Class Clowns. Uh, Class Clowns is the longest running comedy showcase in the Valley of the Sun. It is the show that has seen people go all the way from their first show to national television. Uh, Bob Rocky will be a special guest November 15th at JP's Comedy Club on that uh, August uh, Sunday. Uh, tonight, by the way, there is a show uh, hosted and produced, I believe, by a great local comic and promoter named Mondo Man, Armando Placentia. I think that's how you say his name, Armando. I've known him for a long time. I mispronounce a lot of people's names, not on purpose, uh, but because because um, I don't care. Um, anyway, it's called It's Okay to Laugh. Uh, Mary Upchurch is on that show. Mary Upchurch is one of the upcoming headliners at JP's Comedy Club. So if you're looking for something to do on a Sunday night, tonight, Sunday night, going over to JP's Comedy Club. Uh, also, if you're looking for something special to see November 15th, Bob Rocky and I will be entertaining the people with a lot of the great comics that we're on here right now. Here's our, um, our little knick-knack doodad thing by today. Here. Here. So I'm showing it to the YouTube people so they don't feel left out. They don't get insecure and start sniffing glue. We don't want that. This is simply called uh, Porsche Prince. Porsche Prince of the Glamazons. Porsche Prince of the Glamazons. All right, and I know very little about this particular comic book, but I just want to show you the artwork because it's really neat, okay? And it's a pretty good story, all right? And the artwork inside is pretty good too. Not, not necessarily an underground comic, not like what R. Crumb and those guys were doing. This came out in February of 87. Uh, it's Eclipse Comics. Eclipse Comics came out of uh, uh, Guerneville, uh, California, Okay, and there's not a lot to tell you. Here's an idea, a picture of the insides, by the way. Not a lot to tell you about them. They didn't last long, but this was the very beginning, very beginning of what became an ungodly popular uh, uh, form of uh, a medium in America known as uh, uh, the graphic novel. These were no longer comic books, although this one's in comic book form. They were at the beginning of the graphic novel. Porsche Prince, Eclipse Comics. They put out several other titles as well. Uh, you might want to, you know, YouTube them. Uh, good artwork. Uh, whole entire story in here from beginning, middle, and end. Uh, one more time because that's a good-looking cover. <coughs> beginning, middle, and end. Uh, and it was in a novel form with pictures. So by the 90s, at least, the graphic novel had become a well-known and established and legitimate uh, form of uh, uh, storytelling. Comic books have always been graphic novels. Graphic novels being that they are uh, stories told primarily with pictures with words added, but they have a narrative, they have a story to them. They have the a, a, a same thing as a novel, beginning, middle, and end. Porsche Prince was an early version of that, still put out in comic book form. Later on, graphic novels, uh, even though they look like comic books, were much thicker, uh, almost having these uh, maybe uh, larger, about magazine size, not comic book size, a little bit larger than that, thicker, more pages, uh, more detailed stories, um, and it really became a quite popular and legitimate way for not only children but adults to be able to be entertained. It's my theory that the graphic novel kind of came out of an unconscious desire uh, to still have some sort of connection to youth 
for X amount of people. So let me explain. Most comic books are read by, uh, or were read for a long time by, by nine-year-old boys on an average, eight, nine, 10, 11. That's who uh, read comic books. That started the time of fantasy and superhero is extremely exciting. Uh, they weren't necessarily written for women. They were usually written by young guys for guys. Um, I'll leave that where it is. Uh, I'm just telling you the history of it. Um, and uh, they're a fantasy. They're a fiction, okay, where we can identify with the hero and kind of uh, take a step out of our daily lives and imagine ourselves uh, in these heroic situations, Superman, Batman, Spider-Man. And at some point, you leave that world. Some point, 12, 13, 14, 15, most of us by 16 have left that world or pursuing uh, other interests, perhaps now reading novels or perhaps pursuing girls, one of the two. But there's still a desire. There's still an ability to capture the imagination with these series of six panels on an eight by 10 page, well-written with a story loosely connected to them. And the graphic novel allowed those who did not so quickly want to leave adolescence. And by the way, I'm not putting that down. Poor to me has never left adolescence. That's why I do what I do. Keeping the child in alive while not becoming childish is probably one of the most important things you can do for your emotional health. I'm not a doctor, but that's what I believe. Silliness is needed. And I'm not saying the graphic novel was silly because then they became much more serious. They moved sometime into the world of grimness. They moved into the world of... Uh, of noir. They moved into the world of uh, suspense and horror at a much deeper level. They became novels drawn and allowed people who were leaving the world, the simple uh, world of uh, simple heroes uh, uh, acting out uh, uh, these uh, uh, tales of unmatched heroism to still be connected with a medium for which they had great love. That's why I think the graphic novel became so popular Portia Prince, Eclipse Comics were an important bridge from the period of just comic books to no comic books, from comic books to then pages full of the written word, from comic book to graphic novel, and then moving forward from there. Okie doke. Okie doke. People go, what the, what the hell did he just say? What did he just talk about? I don't know. Um, okay, let's get to the music, shall we? Unless Bob Rocky wants to say something else about my cat. Apparently not. There will be no cat talk. Uh, let's get to the music. And here's something really fun today. Okay, what is this? Here we go. So this is, ladies and gentlemen, none other than the incredible Dave Edmonds. Dave Edmonds. All right, uh, and I'm trying to look at uh, who all the people are on this thing. Okay, Dave Edmonds was an integral part Hey, Daniel Wayne, an integral part of creating, although no one ever really sets out to create this stuff. I'm looking to see if I got a year on this. 1982, something called, with a guy named Nick Lowe, both out of England, Dave Edmonds and Nick Lowe created something that they did not go, let's create, let's give a title to something to create it. By the way, that's a hack way to do things. That's a hack way to write a sitcom. Let's start out with something really stupid and see what goes on. Instead of finding the ordinary, the extraordinary in the ordinary. If anybody was able to find the extraordinary in the ordinary, it was Dave Edmonds and Nick Lowe, because they found the extraordinary in pop music, in very classical, simple, simple three-chord rock, and create a whole new sound. And that sound became known as, because it was unique, 
and did not fit in with any current category in the late 70s, early 80s, power pop. Power pop. Dave Edmonds and Nick Lowe were the progenitors and the engine that created a great type of music called power pop. Uh, probably the best known, best known and most popular power pop artist was uh, Elvis Costello. Elvis Costello, whom um, I think Nick Lower Dave Edmonds wrote for and produced a lot of songs for. So um, early on, I believe it was Dave Edmonds had the song, maybe it was Nick Lowe because they were so interchangeable, uh, Crawling from the Wreckage. It goes all the way back to 1972. Crawling from the Wreckage, Crawling from the Wreckage. Uh, it's a great power pop song. And then they went on to create so many other wonderful things. Their version of uh, one of... Uh, 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 I think it's One More Saturday Night, not One More Saturday Night, that's Bay City Rollers, of Saturday Night by John Fogarty became more popular than Fogarty's version of it. Their sound, just a simple combination, okay, a unique, almost more fun, innocent version of Chuck Berry, if you will, became never a dominant sound, but a sound that became so infectious that it always stays with you once you hear it. And their music, Power Pop, Nick Lowe and Dave Edmonds with their band Rockpile and as, uh, uh, as, as solo artists themselves, became the bridge between punk and new wave. Punk and new wave. So punk rising up out of England in the 70s. Uh, of course, uh, um, probably the biggest punk man ever was the Sex Pistols. Uh, we had X in Los Angeles. Uh, leaving in fear. Punk was uh, important because it expressed that inner rage at people, especially young guys, once again, but girls as well, young guys, when that testosterone begins coursing through your body and you got no place to put it. Music is so important because when you're going through that as a human being and you don't really understand it and you feel all this power and all this intensity and all this rage and all this anger and all this strength, you got no place to put it. Music could often be a place where it's channeled. That's why punk was so important coming out of England in the 70s. So important. Because England was going through such a tough time in the 70s. So much poverty, so much work. Now, after a while, things settled down a little bit. Okay, and it seems like we went from punk to new wave. There were other forms of music going on, but following the through line from uh, all of uh, Chuck's kids, Chuck Berry, Moving forward, these people were direct descendants of, musically, uh, there was New Wave, and that was going to be Blondie and the Cars uh, and, and uh, uh, all that music. The bridge between it was Power Pop. It was Dave Edmonds and Nick Lowe. Dave Edmonds and Nick Lowe. And this is a pretty good album. On this album is uh, from, small things, uh, from Small Things, Big Things One Day Come, Me and the Boys, Bail You Out, Generation Rumble, Other Guys, Girls, Warmed Over Kisses, Deep in the heart of Texas, Louisiana rain, Paula meet Jeannie, One More Night, and Dear Dad. Dear Dad. So what I'm going to recommend, though, is not particularly on this album. I'm going um, to recommend the original Power Pop song, which came along 10 years before Power Pop really began to solidify, but kind of shows you what they did with rock and roll. And, this, and the song is Crawling from the Wreckage. Crawling from the wreckage, okay? So uh, Shirley's going to find it and put it up for you. And I may later on, uh, after we're done, add one more song. I might add one more night. 
but I got to double check something. So Power Pop was a fun, effect, infectious rock music that bridged between the anger and the rage of punk into the uh, sort of cerebral fun pop of New Wave. It was that important bridge. And like I said, the greatest artist that Power Pop gave us was, uh, was Elvis Costello. But the two men who really created and kept it going and are still around today were Dave Edmonds and Nick Lowe. All right, Cheryl, how much time do I have? Am I out of time? Am I done? How much? One minute. Only one minute left? I've, I fulfilled my obligations? I don't like that. Uh, okay. All right. So apparently we are done, ladies and gentlemen. We've fulfilled our obligations for the day. I hope you had a good time watching. I had a good time telling you about this stuff. I love sharing this stuff with you. It's just stuff I know and I like to talk about. And uh, I hope you like listening to it. You know, my takes on uh, so many uh, important pop cultural touchstones that get lost in our disposable, never, uh, never stopping, constantly moving culture. You know, that we just take a break for a minute and take a little deeper dive into something fun or interesting, whether it be folk rock, power pop, comic books, bobbleheads, all that sort of stuff. Daniel Wayne says go longer. Daniel, I'd love to, but uh, uh, this is my only day off this week. Uh, I'm going to take a little time. I'm still going to do a little work. Uh, I got some fun stuff coming up for you guys this week. This coming Friday night, let me announce it now. This coming Friday night, both shows. Okay, both shows. JP's Comedy Club, jpscomedyclub.com. I'll be down there doing guest sets. And I can announce uh, a surprise national headliner is coming down this weekend. So you're to keep watching this show to find out if I can announce that. And also a uh, legendary, funny, great guy, uh, comic magician, the guy who gave me my first break ever, gave me my first pay gig, Michael Finney, will be doing guest sets at jpscomedyclub.com. You go to jpscomedyclub.com. And you will, or you go to JP's Comedy Club, go to jpscomedyclub.com to find out where to get tickets. Okay, you're going to see everything from brand new comics taking the stage for the very first time to the best national comics in America from the golden era of the 70s and 80s all the way up till now. And this coming weekend, you're going to see some real special shows, okay? All right, folks, I got to wrap up. I got to go. I will talk more about Elvis Costello in the future, Abhinav. Uh, Daniel Wayne was going to cover Ska. I love Ska. One step beyond. We'll talk about all that in the future. All right? I will take that request. I'll take your requests to talk about music. Right? Hey, we're taking requests right now to talk about the history of certain sorts of pop and rock music, folk, jazz, folk, you name it. Okay, I got to go. It's time to go. Uh, my name is Tony Vizzi. You've been watching Living on a Thin Line. Bye-bye. Um. Hold on, hold on. Oh, there was a mistake. I had it flipped by accident.